Welcome to the How Did You Get Here podcast. I'm your host, DJ Absher. Everyone has a story. These are stories of how ordinary people got to extraordinary places. But what I'm really trying to find out is, how did you get here? And welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Here? I'm joined today by a dear friend of mine and colleague, Salvador Preciado. How you doing, sir? Doing good, man. Excited to be here. Uh, look forward to see what this brings. Heck yeah. I'm excited to have you here, too. Look, I mean, I think one of the reasons we do this and we sit down, uh, the goal behind this is just to purely share experiences along your journey, your career, where you started, how you, you know how you got here today, some of the challenges you might have faced. Uh, and the hope is for some of our listeners to, you know, find some answers in some of this stuff. So, yeah, cool. Absolutely. Awesome. So why don't we just start uh, a little bit about you, how old you are, where you were born, where you were raised, etc. Well, I am a young 39. Young 30, I love, I love oh, almost uh, dirty, dirty 40. <laughs> yeah. That 40 is a new 20, I think. You it know is. What I mean? um, but I don't think I look 39, but you don't, uh, you know, I'm a young 39, uh, born in Mexico City, Mexico. Um, whole families from there. Uh, first five years of my life, I was in Mexico City. Uh, and then at the age of five, my, f- my parents brought me over to the U.S. Uh, to Southern California, Orange County. Um, so that's where most of my upbringing is from. That's, you know, what I identify with as a California kid, a Southern California kid, specifically Orange County. Uh, that's the area where I'm from. The OC. The OC, yeah. Except not that OC that you pe- that people think of when they think of the OC. There's two OCs, really, you know, the the South County and then the other side of the, the tracks, then the North part, I'm from the North part, the more humble side. So that's, that's me. Nice. Very cool. So growing up there, tell me a little bit about kind of, you know, currently today, what is your role? Yeah. What do you do? Where you work for Lowe's? Obviously we both know that, but yeah. our listeners, right? So, yes. so uh, I'm a store manager at Lowe's uh, about five months in. So still, you know, getting used to my role, getting to learn it and getting to find out, you know, um, what it is to be a store manager in, in you know, in a big retailer like that. Um, most of my, you know, background and experience is retail and hardware retail. That's a very specific type of retail. Um, you know, I've had other jobs in the past that weren't hardware retail, but um, that's really my main background. Um, but for me, really, the the path to how I got there, it all starts from, from family, right? From your upbringing. Yeah. Um, that work ethic ins- is instilled from parents and from mom and dad. And that, that's really, I think, where it all starts for me. What did dad um, do? So my dad, um, you know, started off when he came over to the U.S. Obviously, you know, we we migrated over, we immigrated over here, I should say. Um, And it was it was a struggle. It was a struggle for my parents when they first got here. They came here before we did to try to establish themselves and try to bring us over here and, 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 you know, have a better life for us. You know, the the typical American dream. Yeah. Um, So he had a couple, you know, odd end jobs, you know, fixing things, building things. I remember when I was young. he had a job where he, you know, he repaired ceiling fans. Um, he oh, would nice. build them and repair them. So little odd end jobs like that until he found a solid career. And he had a career for 20 plus years eventually of management in the textile industry. Um, he was a manager at a warehouse for textile and then he was at a manager for American Apparel. Oh, right on. So he had a, you know, very uh, a long career there. And then he decided one day with my mom to start up a business. They wanted to be entrepreneurs and continue to follow that American dream and they started a trucking company. Oh, nice. And so that's, 
um, that's kind of his background. That's where, you know, the work ethic starts for me. You know, when, when you're growing up, seeing your dad get up at three or four in the morning and getting back at seven, eight o'clock at night to make ends meet. Like that for me, that was normal. Like that's a job. That's the typical nine to five job. It was, it was 3 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah. for us, you know. Um, so that, that was really where it all started for me. That kind of work ethic and upbringing was that's how it's supposed to be. Well, you and I, I think, share we have a kind of a common denominator, right? My dad was an immigrant. My dad came from Prague, uh, came through Ellis Island, came over to the States and really didn't like take off in his career until he was almost in like his late thirties, yeah. right? He did odds and end jobs. He, you know, he was a short order cook and went from a short order cook. He had a pool route and he did that. And then it was like in his early forties, he really like took off and started his towing company and he had his gas stations and stuff. And it was the same thing. Like my dad would get up when he started his tow company, it was a one man show. Yeah. So all hours of the night, he'd be getting up, getting in the tow truck, going out to work and then he'd be gone all day and then come back. So same thing. Like that was just something that was normal. Yeah. Right. So, so awesome. So seeing that and kind of having that, that framework or that groundwork for kind of showing you as a young adult, like what hard work looked like, mm -hmm. where was your first, like you've always been kind of in retail, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. where, where did that journey start? Uh, in retail, it started at, at Home Depot. Uh, and it was a funny story. Um, it, it happened by accident. I was getting home from the gym. Um, I had just finished a, you know, a, a workout session. I get home and a buddy of mine hits me up. Shout out Owen Smith. Um, <laughs> he calls me up and he, and he says, Hey, my boss is hiring at home Depot. You want to, you want to join? Cause I know you need a job right now. Cause I was in between careers. I was at a fork in life, right? In my mid late twenties yeah. uh, of what I wanted to do. Um, at that point I had driven trucks for my parents' trucking company, but it's not what I wanted to do. I enjoyed it. I love it. I love driving. I love the trucking company industry, but it's not what I wanted to do. It wasn't for me. It wasn't my path. Yeah. Um, so at that point in time in life, I had actually applied for LAPD and I was going through their process. I didn't know that. About yeah. You. So I'm, I'm sure if you guys have had friends who've been in, in you know, in PD and all that, it's a lengthy process. Oh, it's yeah. like an eight, nine step process to get into any kind of police department. And, um, I was about three quarters of the way. I was on step seven or eight, whatever that step looks like. I had done my physical abilities test, my written test. I had done my polygraph test. I've gone through background. And at that time, uh, in early 2011, 2010, I can't remember, um, there was like a hiring freeze and, you know, they stopped my process. So at that point I was like, oh shoot, what do I do next? Yeah. I need to pay bills, got car insurance, I got cell phone bills. I got to figure it gotta out. Got to figure it out. So my buddy calls me up. I get home from the gym. He goes, get down here now. I was like, dude, I'm dripping sweat. Like, let me shower. Let me get into, you know, some nice clothes and I'll interview with your boss. He goes, no, no, no. He doesn't care. Just get down here now. Like, I'm literally in gym shorts, dripping sweat, man. He goes, it doesn't matter. Just get to the nearest Home Depot. It's in Stanton, California. It's like, all right, cool. I get there, and I get hired on the spot for the MET team, merchandising execution team at Home Depot, as a part-timer. And that's how my hardware retail career started. Nice. So how long were you with Depot total? Uh, from, I believe it was 2011 to 2017. Okay. So six, almost seven years. And like I said, I started as a part-timer on the MET team. It wasn't even on the store side. It was the merchandising execution team. So it was a traveling team back then. We would travel to different stores. So we would hit one store a day. It was a Monday through Friday job, five to two. You know, nice cushy hours, Cush right? schedule. <laughs> yeah, cush <laughs> schedule, what everybody hopes for. Um, and it was a traveling team. So we hit a store once a day. And then, you know, um, 
a new program rolled out where we became store centric and we would only go to one store and that was our home store for the whole week. Yeah. Um, and they try to put it that, you know, the company would always try to do the right thing and they put us, you know, close to home. So they, I ended up working at my local Home Depot, which was the Garden Grove Home Depot. Okay. Um, store 669. Shout out. Shout to out. Them. Shout out to them. Shout out <laughs> Depot. Um, and so I started there, became full time and store side, store management. Um, saw the talent in me, saw my work, saw my work ethic, saw my communication. That was really the key part. They told me was you communicate with us, even though you're not the supervisor of that team. Yeah. You have great communication with us. You, you let us know what's going on. We see your hard work. Would you like to join store side and become a supervisor? Oh, right on. And so I was never uh, an associate. I, I was never like just a regular like associate. I went straight into retail management, I guess you could say. And I was, I became a supervisor. So how long after you started, on met team part-time did you kind of mentally somewhere a light bulb probably went off in your head or maybe a leader in your building talked to you and was yeah. like hey do you want more when did it click for you that you're like hey i, I want to do more it's funny because i think this is what this is all about right when people can hear like hey that guy's like me i can do this right yeah because that happened with me and i'm sure that's happened to all of us all right of like us, yeah that's what i want to do i want to do that because of them uh, and it happened when i got to the garden grove home depot my first store manager uh, Jeff Keller, veteran, he'd been through the ropes, right? Old school depot. Um, he, you know, he knew like the back of his hand. He was one of those store managers where the district manager would rely on him, like, "Hey, if I'm going on vacation, you're overseeing the district," kind of thing. Yeah. So I had a veteran presence, leadership, and through him, walking with him, I was like, "Holy smokes! Like, we can do a lot in a building. We can make a lot of difference for the customer and for the employee." Like, I think this is something I want to do. That's awesome. And so through his, you know. I guess tutelage and, and him showing me the merchandising side and the people side. Um, he's one of many, obviously, but he was the very first one where I was like, oh man, this is something I want to do. And I slowly forgot about LAPD, slowly forgot any kind of other career. Like, oh, I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you stayed with them. And then how far did you go in Home Depot? What was your career lattice like through there? So met and then went to department supervisor yeah. and then what? Yeah. So uh, I love that you call it lattice. Um, I had a leader one time say the same thing. Like, it's not a corporate ladder. It's a no. corporate ladder. You can go so many different ways, like a spider web, right? You can climb a fence however you want. Yeah, you it's can climb you. it however you want. I love that you call it lattice. Um, yeah, so I became a supervisor, and about a year and a half in, I'd yeah. say no more than two years. I don't think I was a supervisor for more than two years. I became an assistant store manager. What departments did you run? Uh, as a supervisor? Yeah. I started off as, they had a team back then called the Pack Down Supervisor. So we were in charge coming in at 4 a.m., just packing down each category, each product, whatever's really sold that week and just yeah. pack it down, right? Um, and then I moved into electrical department. I was the electrical department supervisor. And then pro, pro supervisor. That's really where I took off. That's where I became like, a, you know, a key carrier, somebody that the, the building counted on, not just for the pro side of the business, but to run a building and help run a building and be that backup manager on duty type. And then from pro, I went to the front end and that's where I promoted out of the front end. Um, the front end is one of those departments where it's just, it's massive, man. You're, I you're, feel like it's like, that's like, I always look at it even in my own building, right? Is some of the ASMs that I've promoted always transition through front end because the most direct reports, the yeah. most responsibility, you really have to have a true 360 degree view of the store. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And the most people, right. And, and we're talking about people that range from, 18 year olds out of high school to 65 year olds that they're they're you know, retired, they're retired making some extra money. Makes, yeah 
So you're, you're dealing with a lot of different type of personalities, people that have ran companies, people that, you know, have had successful careers and now they're just cashiering at, at Deep or Lowe's just for a, a part-time gig. Yeah. So there's different things you got to deal with as, as a front-end operator. It's, it was it was an awesome experience and that's really what gave me that, that insight into operations side of the business to be like, okay, I so can make that you. next leap. Yeah. So next leap from there, like you were with Depot, tell me about kind of what was like next, like what came next? Yeah. So after the store manager life at Depot, obviously, you know, um, the goal is to become a store manager. Um, for me, I think the cool part about this, what you're doing, uh, DJ, is there is no one correct path and two no. perfect path. Um, that's where I had a hiccup in my career. That's where. Um, I had everything I wanted, everything that I hoped for, everything that I worked hard for for the last five, six years, uh, and I threw it away. I threw it away by an honest mistake, right? Me being, uh, I, you can say maybe immature, um, you know, and I got let go from Depot for, you know, you know, stupid things that I did in my life. Um, and so that was really a moment in time where I was like down and out. I was yeah. like, holy smokes, like I had everything that I wanted for, that I wanted and that I worked so hard for. You were in your early 20s, like uh, right? late 20s, late late 20s. Early, yeah, late 20s, maybe I hit 30, 31. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and, and I threw it all away. Uh, just stupid decisions, stupid mistakes. And it really hit me hard, you know, especially with the upbringing that I have, like with that kind of immigrant background, you always feel like you're letting your parents down. It's yeah. not so much about you. Like I messed up. It's like, man, I let my it's parents who you're down. Letting down. You know, you're like they've worked so hard for me to, you know, you know, have a better life, to have the American dream. I had it all. And boom, I threw it away. Um, so it, it was tough for a while, right? Um, but, you know, with family support, friends and family, about a month later, I, I picked up a job at Orchard Supply Hardware, the now defunct Orchard Supply Hardware. Gone. No faults of Lowe's. I still love Lowe's. Um, <laughs> well, you better. You work <laughs> yeah, for them. <right? him. laughs> I work for them. Uh, yeah, Lowe's owned Orchard Supply Hardware at the time. And you know, and so I joined Orchard Supply Hardware um, as a supervisor. They took me as a supervisor because of my background at Home Depot. Um, and that's really where I said, okay, this is where I really needed to get things right. Yeah. If given the opportunity again, if given the keys again to a building, I cannot mess it up. And, you know, long story short, I haven't, but, um, that's really where my retail life began again, you know? Um, and about a year and a half later, almost two years later is when we got the shutdown. We got an email communication, a phone call communication. Hey, liquidation. Yeah. You guys are going into the liquidation. Lowe's is shutting us down. And everybody's like, what? Yeah. What is one? What does liquidation mean? What do you mean? You're shutting us down like for the weekend, for do the I, week. Do I still have a job? Do I still have a job? <laughs> is this temporary? Are we going to Lowe's? Um, so it was, it was scary and it was unknown. I was like, okay, so what next? And so I don't know if anybody's been through liquidation. If you have, man, I, I sympathize with you. It's tough. It is one of the ugliest things in the world for retail. You don't get your normal customers anymore. No. People come in there treating you like just the worst thing in the world. They want the cheapest deal. They want things for free pretty much. Come on. The stores or this company's no it's longer. It's going out of business. It's going out of business. Just give, give it to me. me. Yeah. yeah. But in a rude way. And it's just different type of clientele. It's not your normal clientele anymore. And it was just an ugly, ugly experience. And even the, the liquidation part of it, like the, the team that comes in to direct the liquidation part. Yeah. Even though they're professionals and they know what they're doing that was an ugly side of the business too because they're giving you direction to be like, don't talk to anybody. Don't greet anybody. Don't give customer service. They told anymore. you that? Yeah. Just basically sell just sell it. If they want to buy this racking, not even the product on the racking, if they want to buy the racking, sell them the sell racking. It. Yeah. Um, don't negotiate. Just 
sell it. Becomes like a boiler room. Yeah, it was it was an ugly experience, but an experience that I'm glad I have. Um, and that's where I met you. Yeah. <laughs> you walked in through the door one day, and I still am me. I'm still giving customer service for some odd reason. Yeah, I still I, t- I tell people your story all the time. Like I still to this day I still I tell people your story and I'll never forget um and I don't I don't want to steal your thunder so no, I'll no, let yeah. you tell the story but just walking in and knowing what that building or that that you know that building was going through what the associates were going through and it didn't even phase you. Yeah. You literally the minute I walked in, "Hey, how's it going? What can I help you find today?" blah blah blah. And it was yeah. just like I was like, "How is this guy all chipper?" And he's about to not have a job. Yeah. But you, it didn't matter to you, but that's also what I gravitated towards when it came to you. I was just like, Holy crap. Yeah. So, so that interaction, I, I, you know, I can recall it like it was just yesterday because it, in the back of my head, I knew that, I mean, I can't be rude to people. I mean, that's no. just not me. Right. And if they're coming into a store, whether we're liquidating, or not, I'm still going to try and help and find out what they want, what they need. And all, and that was my job too, to get rid of stuff. Like I do need to sell all this stuff cause we are closing down. I still need to sell this stuff regardless of how I sell it. Um, and so I remember that conversation you and I had, and it turned out that we knew the same person, you know, your boss was going to be my boss um, because of, you know, people that I knew at Home Depot. I was like, wait, you, you know, Tim Jenkins? And you go, yeah, that's, that's the store manager of the store I'm going to be at. I go, I know him. I'm going to interview with him. And so it was just such a coincidence that we knew the same person that I was going to interview at the store you were already at. And so in essence, it was like a mini recruitment, but not a recruitment when you were there because yeah. I already knew the person. And you're like, holy smokes. I think you called him. Yeah, you were, yeah, you were on the phone. Yeah, you're like, hey, I'm in front of so-and-so. You know so-and-so? And he's like, yeah, he's going to interview at the store. Um, so it was just a small world kind of thing there where you come into the store and like, yeah, I'm going to interview with your boss in about a week or so. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how you know I left Orchard and joined Floor and Decor and, and you were my boss there um, at the um, – was it the mission mission viejo, mission viejo florida yeah. yeah um we opened that store up yeah ground up yeah. hired everything yeah. that was yeah. awesome so orchard florida decor and then how long total tenure at florida decor i think florida decor was about the same as orchard year and a half almost two years i believe yeah um so from Mission Viejo Florida Corps, after we opened that store up, you and I, you got the promotion to become, you know, a, a CEM, which is in essence a store manager. Um, so you moved up in the company. Uh, I, I got hired in as a pretty much a, a supervisor, I guess you can call it. Right? Yeah. Um, BS. So, yeah. So from that role, um, from that store, I went to the Carson Florida Corps. Um, and that's where, you know, it was kind of said to me, like, prove what you got here. Yeah. Show me what you got here, and then we can make you an assistant manager. Um, and so over at, at Carson is really where I, I try to, you know, show everything that I learned at Depot, everything I learned at Orchard, all my, my background, my, my work ethic, and prove myself to the team again, to the district leadership at, at that company at that point. And um, I got the opportunity. I got the opportunity to interview, um, to become an assistant store manager, and I got the call, right? But at that same time, lo and behold, DJ here um, had left Florida Corps and, and was at Lowe's by that time when I was at Carson, a store manager at Lowe's. And I get a call one day saying, hey, are you ready to come to Lowe's? <laughs> <laughs> leave, <laughs> leave, leave it to old DJ. Leave it to old DJ. And at that point, honestly, DJ, at that point, I was so conflicted, right? Because yeah. to me, 
two things. Lowe's was equivalent to Depot. Like, yeah, I didn't like, know if I was ready to go back to true hardware retail yeah. in that kind of environment. And two, I was still a little hurt that that company shut down Orchard Supply Hardware. Yeah, right? no, I get it. That hurt a little bit. So I was like, ah, oh, in my mind, I was like back and forth, like, should I go to Lowe's? Should I not go to Lowe's? Like, would it be a great opportunity? Of course. But I just didn't know what I wanted to do in life. And right now I'm about to become an assistant store manager at Floor and Decor. Yeah. I'm getting back to where I started, yeah. getting back to my, my path is on track again. Do I want to start all over? Yeah. Because that opportunity at Lowe's that you brought to me was at first, I don't know if you remember this, you called me and it was to join them. Uh, you wanted me to join the uh, mid city Lowe's as a millwork specialist. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, cause it was closer to you. I was like, Oh man. Mid-city. Cause, I, cause I was, to be honest with you, yeah. I was like, man, if I ask this guy to drive all the way to South orange County from where he lives, like that's cruel. Yeah. But I selfishly, like I wanted you to, yeah. but yeah. And so at that point I was like, hang tight. Let me see. Let me, I think I told you, let me see what the offer is for floor and decor. Yeah. And then I'll get back to you. And the offer was good. Right. But I came back to you and I said, man, even if it's like a, like a, a regular associate role or a supervisor role, like I'd rather go to Lowe's with you. And, um, I came to your store. I interviewed, I think I knocked the interview out. Oh, if I do say so myself, at <laughs> nailed it, <laughs> nailed it. Um, that's where I met, um, Chris Perales. Um, one of my, you know, one of my bosses and mentors at, at Lowe's, um, I interviewed and I said, yep, this is, this is it. Lowe's is what I want to do. This is, this is reminds me of, of home of depot of what I used to know and what I used to do. I can do this again. And I also kind of wanted to prove it to myself that I could do it again. That yeah. Given that responsibility again of a big hardware retailer, not a small one like Florida court, not that Florida court is small, but not at the levels of depot and Lowe's. No. Um, if given that opportunity again, one, I wouldn't mess it up. And two, I would succeed at it and I could prove myself. And I love that when brought into your store at, at 1050 at San Clemente Lowe's, that it, it wasn't given to me. I earned it. You um, absolutely did. Yeah. You know, I started I started off um, DS in the electrical department. Oh, yeah. yeah you were in electrical first. Yeah. And then you went and you were DS, department supervisor over flooring. Yeah. And then from flooring, you went up and ran the front end. Front end. Yeah. And that's where I promoted out of. Again, right? Very similar yeah. paths to, to Home Depot out of the front end is where I promoted out of. Um, but yeah, getting back to Lowe's was really like a challenge for myself. Um, and at that point in time, I was like, I, obviously more mature, older now in my, you know, more mid, life experience, more life experience now yeah. in my mid thirties now, more responsibilities, more bills. I was like, okay, given that chance again, I can knock this out of the park and I can prove to myself, not only to the company and to, to one of my mentors and you DJ, but you know, truly to myself that I can do this and do it the right way. Yeah. So came over to Lowe's held electrical department and then went from electrical into flooring to front end and then promoted into assistant store manager at, I believe it was the Rancho Santa Margarita location, right? Or no, no, uh, long, North, Northeast Long Beach, Northeast Long yeah. Beach. Yeah. So you went to Northeast Long Beach. So you got, you went back North across mm -hmm. the other side of the tracks <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then you were there and then you made the move to come down to the Rancho Santa Margarita yeah. store, right? With, yeah. uh, with Ryan, I think it was at, Ryan was at the store there at yeah. the time. So yeah. came down there. Um, and then I moved. Yeah. Um, and, uh, shocked both. everybody. Y yeah. Shocked but not everybody. really, not really. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm usually all about the shock factor. Um, so I moved out to Utah. Yeah. Uh, and then you had, you know, there was some opportunity for you to take a chance. And I think in my opinion, a big one, right? Because 
you're leaving. You've grown up in Orange County. You have roots there. It's mm-hmm. all you've ever known. Yeah. And tell me about that experience. Yeah, that, that that's definitely the biggest leap I've had in not only my career, but in my life, right? Yeah. Like you said, Orange County is all I know. Uh, at that point in life, 35 of my 38 years were Orange County, California. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, obviously I stayed in contact with you, even though you came out to Utah. We would talk, text almost on the daily. And then one day, the you know, the conversation became, would you ever come out to Utah? And I thought about it. And I was like, nah. what went through your mind? Like the first time we talked about it, like just the idea of it, like you, you fantasize about it. Like, I don't know if that's the right word or not. Like, no, oh, I like fa- fantasize. Fan- yeah. yeah, it's good. You know, you think about it, you're like, what would my life be like Utah? Like, you know, nothing about Utah except the classic stereotype Mormons. Yeah. Right? Is everybody on a bike with, you know, a, you know, a short collared white shirt and, and a black tie. And, no, and, like that's what you think in your head. Right. Cause you're, yeah. you don't know. Right. You, You've only seen Netflix documentaries. Yeah, about, exactly. Yeah. All I know Sister is, wives. is that. So in my head, I was like, I mean, what would I do in Utah? I don't know anybody. I don't have family. Only one mentor, right? Slash friend. I was like, what would I do? I said, nah, this is silly. No, I can do it. No way. Yeah. Plus, I can't leave family and friends and loved ones. Like, no way. And then, you know, things at, you know, at Lowe's in, in Southern California were starting to change a lot. Um, different direction that I want, that I wanted for myself. Not what I aligned myself with what the district was doing. Just personal, right? So I said, you know what? Let me call DJ. I call you up. I go, hey, is that offer still on the table? And you're like, well, yes, but no, because there's no spot in my store. But if you want to prove yourself, you can come out to Utah. There's a spot out here, but it's a different store. I go, okay, that changes things again. Like, damn it. (laughs) I won't be in DJ's store. I won't have that security blanket. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, sit down, evaluate again. Can I truly do this? Do I have it in me to do it and prove it again for the third, fourth, fifth time, whatever that is, but now in a different state without my mentor in a different store? And I remember to this day the conversation I had. I was in the car. I was with my sister, who's kind of like a, a mother figure to me. Shout out, Nora. And um, You're doing a lot of shout outs. Right? So, I like it. Yeah, it's what I do best, man. <laughs> shout outs. Um, so shout I'm, out, Nora. Yeah, I'm in the car. And I don't know what we saw or what we did that I just said, oh, that kind of looks like Utah. Because I had done research about Utah. I like Googled it. and Looked it up. And she looked at me. She goes, what did you just say? I go, oh, that, that kind of looks like Utah. She goes, what would you know what Utah looks like? You've never <laughs> You never left there. California. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, because I've been looking into it. And she turned to me and like with the most sincere and honest like tone and face, she goes, you're going to leave, aren't you? And I looked at her, and for the first time I said, yeah, That's I think awesome. I am. You know, I think – I talk about this all the time with people. Change, I think, scares people yeah. to their core. And I will never forget, you know, when I when I left I, – and, and it's no secret. Everyone knows. A lot of people know my story. I mean, I was a hairdresser, as you know, for mm-hmm. most of my adult life before I switched careers. And when I made the change to go into retail, I was terrified. And I said no to it for years when I kept uh, the person that talked to me about it, um, kept offering, hey, you should check this out. And I say no, I said no. I, you know, I, I came up with every excuse not to do something. Yeah. And then I think the best things that came in my life 
or when I finally started saying yes to the things that were hard mm-hmm. or scary or uncomfortable. Um, and you've gone through, quite honestly, a shitload of scary moments and where you've had to just take a chance, take risk. But with great risk comes great reward, yeah. right? So, so you move out to Utah, uh, you decide to make the jump and come out here and you went to work in the Riverdale store yeah. with Brett, the store manager that's there now. Awesome guy. Shout out, Brett. Anyways. Oh, all of a sudden we're doing shout outs? Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm just taking a page out of your playbook. Anyways, so you decided to come out here um, and assistant manager. How long were you in role there? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I, I get to Utah the week of Thanksgiving 2022. Which was a huge snowstorm that year. Yeah, so oh, the winter of 20, 2022 uh, was like any other winter in the last 30 years is what I keep hearing from all the locals. It was a prolific time locals. to move here. <laughs> yeah, so I came at the right time, right? Because because this is what you're going to experience at its worst. If you can handle this, you can handle Utah winter, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it, winter seemed like it lasted for about four or five months. It lasted till about March. We were still getting snowstorms. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. Um, so, yeah, so I arrived in 2022 of November, Thanksgiving week. Uh, I was the uh, merchandising ASM in a very low-volume store, one of the most low volumes in, in the entire company. Uh, so I oversaw everything merchandising. There was only three ASMs, specialty ops and merch. So I oversaw everything related to merchandising, which was a huge challenge. I'd never done that. Southern California is a bit higher volume stores, right? So you have two, three merchandising ASMs that oversee different areas, different sections. So this was a huge challenge for me. One, I'm trying to prove myself that I can do it on my own. Two, I'm trying to prove myself that I can become a store manager out here. And now three, I'm trying to prove that I can run this that I've never ran before on my own as well. So I have a lot of competing demands within my own head, like, got to do this, got to do this. Can I do this? Can I do this? Can't fail. Can't right? fail. Can't fail. Can't fail. I'm on my own out here. So, you know, that experience definitely helped mold me into what I am now. And, and you know, learning from Brett, learning from, you know, the operation manager, um, Jeff Coulter in there, learning from the SAS in there. Um, it really helped me get more refined and, and, and add more things to my tool belt um, yeah. as a leader in the store. Um, and, you know, um, that's really what gave me the opportunity and the experience to say, hey, I'm going to raise my hand confidently that I can be a store manager. I'm ready. You're ready to be one. I'm ready. Um, you know, I, I want to do this. I, th- I know I can do this. Not, I think I know I can do this. Yeah. Um, and so I think about say eight, nine months later. Yeah. Um, I started interviewing first interview. Didn't get it. You yeah. know, got good feedback from, from our boss, from our district manager. Yeah. Shout out Scott Murray. Shout out Scott Murray. <laughs> we love you, sir. Um, yeah, I got a, I got an interview with him and he gave great feedback. It was one of those where like, look, um, I want to see a couple more things from you in the next couple months. You're not getting it this this go around. Um, great interview, but this is what I want what I want to see going forward. And I took that to heart. I, I took on more responsibility in the store. I raised my hand to you know to run the store when my boss would go on vacation, when my store manager would go on vacation, you know. So I had those responsibilities. I learned more about the business. And my second interview, um, that one was an interesting interview. The second one, I don't know if you remember this. I yeah, remember I do. you telling you, it was it was like a feedback interview, like a real time feedback interview. And he gave me a heads up. Scott gave me a heads up that hey, this is gonna be like a real time feedback interview. I'm gonna ask you a question, but I'm gonna give you a feedback at the same time. Yeah. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. I'm, I'm nervous as heck, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, boss, sure, like whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Like you're the boss. Whatever you want to, however you want to interview yeah. me. 
but I, after the first question, after I answered it, boom, this is what you said, right? This is what you didn't, what I didn't like. I'm like, oh, this is what we're doing. So he kind of threw me off my game and I was a little nervous after that. I was like, holy smokes, I'm going to get feedback after each question. And as you know, the store manager packet is about seven questions or so. And it's very detailed. Yeah. Where you have to give like, you got to be able to articulate. Yeah. Right. Lengthy, lengthy answers about business and people and leadership. So that just threw me off my game. But looking back at it now, I needed that. Yeah. I needed that real time feedback to know, hey, I'm staying on the right track with this type of question or, hey, you're veering off track. That's not what we want to hear as, you know, higher leaders like get back on track with this. So obviously I didn't get through all that time. right? Yeah, that's all right. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this before you go on to like because your last interview that you got was when you got promoted. Yeah. Right. So third time was a charm. Third time was a charm. Yeah. Lucky charms. Um, so tell me this first interview, second interview, obviously didn't get it, got some great feedback, what you needed to work on, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. What was your mindset? Because I think a lot of people, there's two things I think that happen to people when they interview, right? So I think some people interview and they get told not right now, Mm -hmm. but all they hear is no. Yeah. Um, so it either, it crushes them. And then they become disgruntled or they give up, right? They just, it's just like they quit at it because they got told no. And then there's people that hear not right now. And then they take the feedback and then it lights a fire underneath them that can't be put out. And then they go after it. So like, where was your mindset? How did you feel about it? Well, I I think two things come to mind when, when, when we think about and talk about that is one, obviously your, your work, work ethic, right? Yeah even if you're told no for a promotion or a certain role you would want, you don't just give up on things or give up on life or give up on work. Otherwise you're proving them right. Um, And then secondly is having that retail management background. We do a lot of hiring. We do a lot of interviewing and I see that in candidates, right? If I say no to a candidate and I tell them, Hey, you're not going to get it this time, but I tell them right then and there prove to me that I made the wrong decision. Yeah, hundred percent. Show me that I was wrong in not picking you, because next week when I when I see you working and the week after that, I don't want to see somebody with their head down moping or no. hating life. I want to see somebody that's Mach working, three, Mach three with yeah, the hair on fire, working even harder, proving yeah. Salvador that he was wrong in not choosing you. And I have that same mentality, right? For interview one and interview two, when Scott said no to me, okay, back to the drawing board. Take the you know the advice he gave me and work with it and do better. Yeah. Keep kicking butt. Don't give up because I'm so close, but I can do better. Yeah. So then the last interview you had, you got promoted. Now running a store. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that feel? Tell me about that a little bit. Whew. It's a mixed bag of emotions, right? <laughs> it's exciting. It's a lot at first. It's a lot at first. Not yeah. going to lie. I, I think and I talk to my family, my friends about this all the time. My first two months as a store manager whirlwind i don't know what's going on right i i'm trying to adapt i'm trying to learn without in you know inputting you know routines i'm trying just to figure out life as a store manager get a cadence get a routine down feel feel the building the climate of the building the associates the leadership it's a lot even though it seems like an easy task just listen to people just talk and get to know people especially for our type of personalities where we want it's to a fix people, things. And it's do a people, things. it's a people business, right? It, it's, it's tough. And I think my first two months as a store manager, they're a blur. Honestly, they are a blur. I remember 
I remember when I came over to Lowe's and Tim Jenkins um, was my DM. And my first day I was at the Huntington Beach store. And uh, he met me over at the store. And he just said, your first two to three months is going to feel like you're treading water and you can barely get your mouth above the surface to just take a deep breath of air and then keep treading and then come up for another breath of air. And he was so right because you don't realize, I think ASMs, right? Like ASMs are on their journey to obviously, you know, there's ASMs that want, that aspire to want to be store managers. There's some that maybe just really enjoy being ASMs, but in that journey, like they don't realize all the time how many things get thrown at a store manager day to day. Yeah. And then the job of the store manager is to break down that information, digest it, and then filter out information to ASMs that's pertinent so you're not getting them in the weeds. And then all of a sudden when you go from ASM to store manager, no matter how ready you think you are, the minute you sit in that seat and all of a sudden you go, holy shit, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a whole lot. And and then to your point, I, I mean, I went through the same thing, just trying to figure out my cadence and like how I could make an impact. And yeah, you and I are the same. We just want to like run at things and try to fix things. But yeah. there's uh, something to be said and slow down to speed up. Right? Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. So the, those first two months, total blur. Uh, I, I felt like, you know, Lowe's was on my mind 24 seven learning store manager life. Even when I would get home, right, it was on my mind. Um, the things that I enjoyed doing at home, I wouldn't do. It was straight to reading more emails, text messages, phone call, whatever teams chats. It was, it was just a lot. The first couple months, I didn't know how to like turn that off for a bit. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, those first two months were tough. Not going to lie. Um, slowly after that, you, you get a rhythm, you get a cadence and, and you get to see the expectations from your boss, right? Your boss comes in and walks you continuously. Um, you know, sometimes you get beat up, sometimes you get praised. That's their job. That's their role. Tough um, love. Not tough even, love. Not even beat up. Yeah, just tough, tough love. love. But it always comes with, you know, trinkets of knowledge. Like, holy smokes, I didn't think of that. Or, wow. Those, yeah. those wow moments when, when your leaders, whether it's a DM or RVP or, or president, and they speak and you're like, dang. That's why they're in those roles because yeah. they have that knowledge that they can just disseminate and it just it makes sense when they say it, right? Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Or how come I didn't think of that? Um, so, yeah, it, now five months in, you know, there's areas of opportunities for myself, for my store, obviously, but it's it's an ever-growing process, ever-learning process that I'm enjoying. Um, it's definitely not what I thought it would be, right? When you think, oh, you're a store manager, you just – click some buttons, pull some levers, turn push key, some buttons, turn, turn keys. Key. Yeah, no, uh, it's not that at all. <laughs> there, no. There's so much like it's literally you walk the aisles. Not only does every customer want to talk to you, but every employee wants to talk to you, yeah. whether it's everyone's watching. Yeah, you. whether it's whether it's good, bad or indifferent, they want to give you some sort of feedback or have some sort of conversation with you. Yeah. Uh, and you have to make time for them no matter how busy you are, no matter what email you just got, that's red alert, start setting this up, start doing this, company says this, company says that. You can't tell your employee, hold on, I got to go do this. No, no. You, you have to listen. You have to talk. Well, I think too, right, like, I think people, leaders, and some of the stuff you just described, like, you know, you talk about, you know, we're not, we don't turn keys, we're not just pushing buttons, right? There's a difference between manager and leader, yeah. right? And then, 
when you get into a building as an ASM or a store manager, uh, and I don't know if this isn't the first time you've heard this, but this is, I, I think you and I share this when we talk about it is sometimes the highest ranking person in the organization that your CSAs will ever meet is the store manager. Yeah. Right. That might be the highest person. They may never even interact with the DM, the DM when he comes in yeah. or going even further, the RVP or a divisional P or the EVP, like they'll never meet those people. And to you, you're the, you know, the CEO of my building, you're the CEO of the building. Yeah. A hundred percent. So what an awesome journey. Um, I think some of the things I just have and, and just questions, right? Like, you know, um, how do you like, if you're thinking back on your career, start to where you are today, present day, what advice would you give some of the younger leaders, um, you know, DSs, CSAs that want to be DSs, specialists that want to be DSs, whatever, what advice would you give to them? Like if you could go back and do something different, what would it be? And what advice would you give them in their career? Yeah, that, that's, that's tough, right? That's a tough question, especially, you know, with, with my background, obviously fumbling that initial opportunity at, at Home Depot. Um, one would obviously be, you know, make sure your heart's in it. Harder retail is not for everybody. It's a specific type of retail. It is not for everybody. Yeah. Make sure your heart's in it. Make sure your heart's in it for the right reasons. Um, that would be probably my biggest piece of advice. Make sure your heart's in it. And two is don't give up. There is no perfect road. Nobody got to their roles perfectly. Our CEO, our EVPs, our you know divisional presidents—they didn't—they didn't get there perfectly. When you talk about giving up, did you ever have a point in your career where you were just like, "I'm going to throw in the towel"? And yeah. if you did, right? If you did, tell me about that. But I'd love to know, like, what was what was the like that went off, like that switch that you were just like, "I'm not going to give up." What what turned it around for you? Yeah. So obviously, you know, immediately after you know, getting let go by Home Depot. It was, it was that month where it was, I wouldn't say a dark time in my life, but it was, it was, it was tough. It was hard Yeah. Um, to, I saw myself as a failure. I felt like a failure. Um, but the support of family and friends, they, they didn't let me see myself as a failure. Um, they, they know the talent I have. They know my work ethic. Um, it was really their support where I, I just had to, you know, buckle up the bootstraps and get back to it. So I, I took a solid month off after Home Depot. One month off, just, you know, first couple of weeks, just down and out, depressed, in bed, just bummed out. Pity party. Pity party, yeah. Yep. Woe is me. And then the last two weeks is really when I started, okay, start putting in applications. Obviously, I got, you know, people hitting me back right away. Because when you work at a Home Depot type and you're an assistant manager, you, you get calls right away. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can do this. The pity party's over. Uh, I have, I have that, that drive in me to to prove my to myself that I am not a, a fuck up, right? I'm, I can do this. I can do it again. I can prove myself again. It's gonna take hard work again. It's gonna start all over from the bottom. I never in my head had that notion that I want to come in as an assistant store manager into any company I get back into because that's what I left. I I admitted to myself. If I have to grab carts, I'll grab carts again. Well, that's one of the things I loved about you when I met you, right? Was that I knew where you had already gotten to in your like professional career, mm-hmm. but you were humble enough to just be like, hey, sure, I'll do that. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that says a lot about who you are. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's, it's having that, that faith in yourself and really that knowledge and retaining that knowledge from the leaders that you've had, the, the mentors you've had. I can do this. Even if I have to start grabbing carts again, even if I have to start as a cashier again, or as a, you know, an associate on the sales floor, I can do it. I can prove through my work ethic, through my, you know, uh, dedication and quote unquote intelligence, I guess I can do it. Nice. So I guess last question I have for you is, uh, and this could be a, this could go a lot of different directions, but how do you, how do you define success? Ooh. Cause that looks I, a lot different for everyone. It, it does look different for people, right? Some people think it's things, right? Yeah. The house you have, the cars you have, the clothes you wear. Some people would be, um, you know, something completely different for me. Success truly, I think is undefined. I don't think, I think for me, success is settling. Yeah. Because the, the moment I feel like I've succeeded, I get complacent or I will get complacent. I feel that in me and I don't want to feel that way ever, especially in what I'm doing now. And that's the beauty about retail. You know, each week is a brand new week. Who cares what you did last week? Well, when you talk, <laughs> so like, let's just say this, like you talk about settling, right? I think that's like a, an interesting topic, especially for like our younger generation that's coming mm -hmm. up in like in retail or any kind of, if it's hard lines, soft lines, I don't care what it is really. But I think it's prevalent. Like I think people settle, they get, they don't really know where they want to go. I don't know, you know, how well we articulate with associates today on what their future could look like. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think people do settle. I think they get to like a specialist role or they take a job and it's for the dollar amount that's associated with that job. Yeah. And then they just get complacent. Yeah. And then there's this fear of, I got to work harder. I got to do this. And I think a lot of people think that they see a store manager like you. And this is what I love about, this is why I wanted to start a podcast was stories like yours because people meet you your hourly associates your specialists ds's and even your asms right like the assumption is just like he just he's a store manager he just got here like that's just they don't know your story yeah. they don't know how you got here and some of the shit you went through yeah um but the idea behind this is to bring some clarity to hey I can relate to Salvador. Yeah. Like I, I have, like I, I, I can relate to you and you bring, hopefully this brings hope to somebody that, Hey, I can grind it out. I can put my head down, kick some ass, get told not right now yeah. and then keep going. And I think that's the beauty of, you know, the company that we're in Lowe's, but just retail in general, right? Uh, whether it's a Best Buy or Target or Depot, any, any kind of retail or a restaurant, any, any kind of retail, really it's, if you look at those those stories that you hear, those leaders that you hear, like they started part time, they started cashiering, they started grabbing carts. Yeah. So why not me? And this is that story, right? And it's the same as a hundred and million other stories, right? Why not me? And if somebody is, is listening to this, it can be you. Yeah. I, I'm a college dropout, right? Um, you know, I I was down and out. I was let go by a huge company. I messed up, but here I am. You put your boots back on yeah. and got to work. And got to work, right? And and prove prove it to yourself, prove it to the people that hey, I I can do this. Absolutely. And, and I'm gonna do it the right way. 
I'm not going to, you know, cut any corners, take any shortcuts. I can do it the right way, put in the hard work, uh, and continue to lead the right way and get to the goals you want to get to. Um, and I'm still not at the goals I want to get to, right? Yeah. What's so, the, like, where do you want to go? What's your, what's your end? Like five years from now, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? That's that, I think that answer changes. It does. It does. If, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said some sort of like merchant role, yeah. regional merchant role, right? Because it's comfortable. And I've just always loved to be able to decide this is how it should look or we should buy into the stores or what product we should get. And I thought that was always cool and that would be an awesome role. Yeah. Um, but lately, and thanks to the, you know, the leadership experience that this company sends us to, Lowe's sends us to North Carolina to oh, yeah. train. SMLE. SMLE. Yeah. Um, you know, some sort of job there, either through Lowe's U training or through a, a, a role there at, at Store Support Center. I'd love to get to North Carolina eventually in whatever capacity that would look like. But that Lowe's University, a, a trainer, is I think that was an awesome role. It's something that I would love to do eventually. Awesome. Because uh, that's one of my passions is teaching and training people. Um, when you asked about success, I think what defines me as a person is who I've helped succeed and who I've helped move up in the company and who I helped say, hey, I, I can do this too. And, you know, that would be on a grander scale getting to store support and, and to corporate offices. I think that's the, the, the goal in mind as of right now, I think. That's awesome. Me. Well, listen, I just thank you so much for one, being raw and open about your past. I think sometimes sharing stuff about your career, even like the depot thing, right? Being yeah. let go and stuff like that. Like it takes courage to just be vulnerable enough to talk about. So, yeah. um, thank you for spending the time today, man. I appreciate you immensely. No, I mean, thank you for having me. I think this is, this is awesome what you're doing. I think this is really going to touch a lot of people. Um, and there is going to be that associate, that part-timer or that supervisor that's struggling or that person that's just changing careers that's seen this through our LinkedIn or through the Spotify or wherever you're going to put it like, damn. Okay. I, I can, can do, do that. I could do it. Amen. Yeah. All right. Have a good day. Appreciate you. Adios. Adios.